Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us a final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Then it's time to turn your pods up because we're live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. <laughs> Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of Let's Find Out. Our guest is a cryptozoologist and field researcher in the UK doing the same things and is on the same mission as we are. Trying to find the evidence and answers to the mysterious world of cryptids and the mystery surrounding these creatures. Please welcome to Let's Find Out a new friend to our show, cryptozoologist, Colin Kielty, Colin, my friend. Hey, aside from all the technical stuff we had to deal with before this show, <laughs> thank you for taking the time to come on all the way from the UK to joining us here on Let's Find Out. Yeah, you are absolutely welcome, and thank you for inviting me. No, sure, and I know we've been in contact for about a month trying to make this happen, and, mm -hmm. and I know you have your own show that you're doing and your research, same thing with me. So I'm, I'm fascinated by... The world of, of cryptids and i'm also fascinated by some of the common cryptids that we have here in the united states and in the uk mostly um like bigfoot or a version of dogman and such but uh i did find some interesting creatures or before i, I had you on i kind of cheated a little bit but there's been different sightings throughout the years in the uk i mean a few hundred years but you you have um interesting names for some of the creatures in your area um i'm gonna butcher a couple of these so yep. the black shook, the beast of Yeah, it's a dog, yeah, down south, yeah. The the beast Red of glowing eyes. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's talk about that if you don't mind. The beast of bottom moor. This one is easy. The Bristol crocodile. Um Well let's go through <laughs> we don't know what that's about, but um They say that was a big hoax, but I am obviously I I've never looked into it to be honest, but uh... I mean look uh, <laughs> At least in the United States, I mean, you know, alligators and such are common in different states. But the only time you'll ever have a sighting of a crocodile or an alligator, if it's somebody flushes one down the toilet, it winds up somewhere in a we don't know about. Um, there was a movie in the 70s called Alligator that came out. I don't know if I you ever seen that. that. Yeah. yeah. So something similar. But sorry about the tangent. So let's talk about what you've been doing because you've been keeping yourself busy exploring the UK for these mysterious creatures. So where, where have you been going? Um, I get, I've been all over Britain, to be honest, uh, doing this. Uh, I've actually been on Bobby Moore. Um, I used to do the lake, uh, a place called the Lake Districts. But yeah, um, Dolby Forest, uh, I did that for a few years, but I basically keep it to local at the moment. I'm doing a place called Dane's Dyke. Uh, it's just about two miles outside seaside town called Bridlington on the East Coast. Uh, there's a lot of phenomenal, all sorts are going on there, sightings, um, ghost sightings, noises, paranormal. Um, it's a real weird place, and even on the night, it's weird. I've been down there a few times on the night. But I'll try and keep things local at the moment, but I am planning to get far afield 
Um, after Christmas, uh, wait until the wa- bad weather. I don't mind bad weather, but um, you know, I'm going to wait until after Christmas, get everything over, and then start a lot more research and further field next year. But um, yeah, it is an interesting place where I go at the moment. Uh, not as good as you guys over there. I mean, you must have what, what five million acres of forest. Yes, um, thankfully untouched, and I don't think in the history of this country where even uh, some of these national forests where humans have stepped foot into them. So I'm, I'm 100%, I'm 100% convinced that there is something in the forest here in the United States, yeah, but I am. you know, whether they travel through a cave system or some sort of underground tunnel, um, there has to be something there. Um, interesting enough mentioning that, and we talked, we, we kind of touched, you mentioned dog man and so did I, there's been, at least here in the United States, a big increase in dogman sightings. And it's one of those where it's quietly becoming more popular because the big thing, especially here in West Virginia, where I'm at, is Bigfoot. You got the Bigfoot shows, you have the um, on television, other podcasts, but in your neck of the woods, also dogman as well. Is that becoming a little more popular than it used to be? Because it's catching me by surprise. I don't know why there are more sightings now than before. Well, I think the re- the reason is because media. I mean, many years ago, it was a, a taboo. When I first started, I was 14 years old. Well, my first sighting when I was, I was 14, I couldn't explain what it was. I just thought it was just another dog, but oversized. Um, I ran home, told my father, not saying him. He wasn't sure what it was. Um, so it, it just spanned from there. I didn't know it was for the shape of things to come. Years ago, um, I actually saw a program uh, from the U.S., on Bigfoot, and uh, I was just, that's when I was hooked. I was just turning about 15 at the time, and I was just hooked. And I ran to the library the very next day, asked for a book on Bigfoot, and she just laughed. Absolutely laughed the place down. And I said, I've been serious. It's just, it's only make-believe. Try. She says, go to the children's section and have a look for a book there. And I said, I was, I was shocked. But And it's been like that all, I mean, I've... Um, over the years, I've gone under stealth. Uh, I've, I've sort of like gone backpacking to say I'm going backpacking. But I've been looking for these things. Um, I've been, I've made all sorts of excuses. Because years ago, it was, it was total um, taboo, really. If you mentioned it, everybody would laugh the place down. Now, it's just exploded. So, I mean, the media's exploded, uh, especially over here. So, it's, there's more and more stories coming in from past and present. People are feeling more confident to talk about these things. So that's why I think there's an explosion, especially in the UK and possibly in the US because of the media situation. Yeah, because I wouldn't have thought, you know, let me take that back because the more I do this show, the more I'm learning, especially from the people who do the field research like you do. I was surprised that the similarities between uh, the cryptids in your country and mine and um. With that being said, do you think that they were brought over from your area to ours? Or is it just something that when the the continent split and these creatures, I guess by, I'll say, Earth selected? It just, yeah. oh, oh, lack of better words, because eventually, if it comes from one area, eventually it all got split up. How do they travel through different parts of the world? 
Um, I don't know. I, I do think that theory where the, the when the earth all our plates divided uh, and they all went the separate ways, like you've got me there. I mean, Australia's got the Yowie, um, Asia's got the wild man, etc., etc. So yeah, and it's all involved for the. I mean, things involved around the environment and what food source there is. Uh, how much space they have, etc. I mean, you know yourself, it's evolution. Uh, so yeah, I do. How they move around, I'm not sure. Um, I, I believe these things are real. I'd like to think these things are real. I've seen two sightings, and as far as I'm concerned, they was real. How they move around, are they extraterrestrial? Are they from another dimension? Do they use tunnels? I've got some evidence of using green belts. We have green belts in the UK where it's um, basically for wildlife. Um, there's a green belt joining an industrial site to another industrial site. They'll just have some greenery and uh, patch of land untouched. Uh, I've had several reports from factory workers seeing these things, uh, moving through these these green belts. Um, but oh, they move around. But I do, you mentioned the tunnel system earlier. I've had some reports from people there's some old, not far from me, there's some old RAF tunnels and they reckon they go for miles. Uh, are they using these? I don't know. I know they use uh, waterways around here, canals, they've uh, seen many times. And um, power lines, they seem to follow power lines as well. That's another uh, strange one as well. Why? I don't know if it's um, the magnetic earth and the power that, yeah, it's how they move around, I'm not sure. But yeah, I do think they've split with the continents. And one of those things to where you touched on this earlier, because with evolution, depending on food source as well, it will also determine the size of these beasts, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do think it is that, even though uh, I deal with a lot of researchers, uh, some fantastic researchers uh, and the, in the US and the UK. Uh, in the UK, I have had several reports of these things being large. Um, my second sighting, I think, well, my second sighting, I call it Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because my okay. first sighting was like, it was so puny, so skinny, but it was on two legs. And I just couldn't explain it. Uh, my man said at the time was not on a, on a dogman. Now, I wasn't sure about dogman at the time. And then that was in uh, 1990. But my second one in September uh, 2015, when I saw it, I call it the Anna Schwarzenegger because it was just muscle uh, abs the lot it was just huge so why was that skinny and why was that large i don't I, you know i don't know but yeah i do think they go with the environment but why some gets I, i've had other research you see over here they've seen some i reckon eight foot plus why yes. are that big over here where's the food source i know that we have lots of deer over here and things like that we have a lot of mutilations. I'm sure you were doing the U uh, in the US. Um, the connection. I mean, I, I am saying this is happening, but um, we have a lot of people going missing here, and you doing like, you know, 411 and stuff like that. I'm not sure they are taking people. I think one or two are, but um, I don't want to panic anybody. But you know, personally, it's I don't know what the food source is really. It's got to be deer in the UK mainly. Yeah, you have all sorts of things. Yeah, I would assume there would have been a carnivore. But let me ask you, as you're talking about the uh, Arnold, I'm going to call it Arnold, where um, when you saw the creature, did it have a, a smell to it? Um, did it make any noise? The first one I saw, um, 
No, it's a long story. Um, people who follow me, I'm, I'm sure they get sick of hearing it. I was trying to get to, I, I lived at Hull at the time. Uh, I was married. I'm a divorced now, I'm single. I was married at the time, but we only had one car and I had to get from Hull, Hull, uh, big town, city in where I lived at the time, to a small village called um, Hornsey on, on the sea, on the seafront, on the east coast of Britain. I worked there, I worked in Hornsey, it was 20 miles away. I was used to backpacking because obviously I kept going out all the time with backpacks and 20 miles was nothing to me, to be honest. Uh, I was in my sort of like early 20s and um, as I was heading up there, it was a full moon. Uh, I didn't have a torch with me. I had some gear in a backpack and I was, was walking to a friend's house because they was going to put me up. And like I say, I had this thing coming. I just come onto this lane, uh, heading up to a little village uh, before Hornsey and I heard something coming down this um, edge row. I couldn't see through the edge row because it was that thick, even though the full moon was, a, it was actually that bright. It was just like daylight, which I was glad of because I didn't have a torch. And I was walking up, and it was walking alongside of me, and I kept thinking, well, it must be a cow. And I, you could just see under the edge. And uh, I kept thinking, no, that's not cow hoofs. And I thought, no, is it a deer? No, it's not a deer. And I, I thought, hold on, I can only see back legs. I thought, this is strange. I thought, well, I saw a gate hole coming up. And uh, I thought, well, I'll find out in a minute what it is. And just as I was approaching this gate hole, this car, I could hear it coming behind me. So I stopped, got into the side of the edge on the grass. And the car comes shouting by, brake lights come on, reverse lights come on. Then he come back and it was my mate that I was going to, to, to his house. He says, he thought, he thought he'd better come look, looking for me. So just to make sure I was all right. Like, and uh, so as I got in the car and I looked across, I could see this thing in this gate hole just stood up, just looking. So I only saw it for, say, three, four seconds. But it looked so puny and thin, like it was starving. Anyway, he shot off because he was a bit of a madhead. And I says, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, look, look, look. He says, what? I said, there's a dog stood up. And he just burst out laughing. And I said, no, and I rounded on him like that. I said, no, no. Anyway, time we started sort of like arguing about the tosses, was it stood up? Now, you know, we got to the place where I wanted to be, there to his house. Then he said, should we turn round? I said, oh, no, it's too late now, too late. I said, forget it. But it, it worried me for years, and I had really nightmares about that first sighting. I kept thinking this thing had jumped over. In, in my dreams, I kept thinking this thing had jumped over and ripped me to bits, but it was so puny when I saw it. But like I say, my second one was so big, the difference. But no, there was no smell there. But on my second sighting, the smell was putrid. Absolutely. That, oh, excuse me. That's what I think it was a dogman. I didn't get fully face view of its face. I've spoke to people in the US and obviously in the UK and everybody thinks it's a, it could be a, a Bigfoot. But the only reason I think it's a dogman is one, is of the smell. Two, when I was walking up to where the encounter happened, something small I'd say Alsatian says, um, Labrador says, got up and ran. I just saw it at the corner of my eye. Then something big got up and ran. I th so I thought it was a deer and it's full. So I bobbed down, not to scare him anymore, because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want him parting from its its full way. So I stopped in this long grass when I was walking through and just I stopped there for a couple of minutes, slowly raised up and I, I couldn't see anything. And that's when I started walking up, and this is when I started getting the smell. And then I heard this thing walking down this edge, 
uh, through the bush. I thought it was some um, this this uh, well, I can't really say what woods I was in. It's private, some wood, private woods. I got permission. I've actually spoke to them after the uh, the incident, the encounter, and it says please don't mention where you was. So I says okay. So I got permission. Anyway, the the farmer who gave me permission told me he says just be careful sometimes. There's some guys that manage the woods that cut down the trees edges and just keep it tidy and now and again so if you hear anybody in the woods it's bound to be them like so i thought it was some guy so i kept shouting out as i'm walking down this edge but uh, my name's colin kilty i've got permission to be here and there's no reply and i shouted it several times and all i could hear is big big thuds and i thought what the heck and with that we just got to the end of this row this bush and it and it just come into view and it stopped and I just and I, I had a camera and everything and I just literally pulled. I just had to get out of there. The fear factor was just but on the night I was just kicking myself. Why didn't I take a picture? Why didn't I do this? Why did, it's easy to say that, but at the time I just knew I had to get out of there. But yeah, yeah. that that stunk really did putrid. What time of the day was that? In? Unless I missed it earlier when you said it. You said that first one was about um, 8.30 at night. Um, uh, about seven, yeah, somewhere around about 8.30, 8 o'clock. That second one, it was about 8.30 in the morning. It's daylight. I usually got into these woods. I've been doing these woods for about a month after I got permission. I kept going in there late in the night, um, early hours of morning. And I was late that morning. I was planning to get up. It was a, it was a Sunday. Uh, I'd been at work on the Saturday. We don't work many Saturdays, but I remember we had to that Saturday. So I, I was up late on the Sunday and I've, I've got my gear back on and rushed out. And that's when it happened. But yeah, that was strange in the daytime. When, the Osborne effect as well. As I was walking down there, I mean, you could hear all the birds and the cows and uh, the field next door was full of cows. Like, And just as I, I was cutting through the long grass, everything just went deadly silent. silent. Which they call it the Osborne effect, don't they? So and that was another strange part. This, the quietness—you could hear a pin drop, not a sound. Wow, that sounds well. Doesn't sound, but it would be terrifying. When when you went back into the woods, were you able to see any tracks on the on the uh, on the I dirt? I never went anything? back. You did not go back at all. I've never been back since. Um, I don't blame. Like I, said, I, don't I spoke blame to you. the owner. Uh, they says, "Please don't mention it to anybody." Um, not that he knew anything, but I think they didn't want any ridicule because attached to these woods is a there's a famous house, uh, so and he owns that, so they didn't. And I've never been back to be honest. Uh, after that, I, I kept planning to go back, but never did. And now it's changed hands. Actually, the farm has actually sold the house and all its its land. Um, I know he sold it to, and but I know they're not approachable, so. Yeah, I've never been back. I've been back to the other first sighting, but you know, it's all changed and never seen anything, no prints. So when you go out and explore these locations and you write down the information, what do you do with that information? Are you doing a, a blog or are you sorry, yeah, some of it, yeah, I do actually put out there. I put it on Facebook, I've, I've been here and I found this print and uh, I've had this story and I'll, I'll laminate on it and uh Usually I'll make a, a file and a hard copy and I put it in one of my files. Um, I don't know if you can see them from here, but I've got must about eight files down there full of stories. 
from over the years that have been submitted. Um, I keep saying I'm writing a book. I've done about three pages. Um, it, it's getting what's up here and what's in there into a book form, and I'm just terrible at it. But one day, it will be all out there. Well, with, I, as I look, you have a ton of files. I mean, I was I would think you have enough information to um, at least release your first book. And aside from the Dogman sightings, for the listeners of Let's Find Out, and for me, what are the more popular cryptids in the UK? Because I know we said Dogman, a version of Bigfoot. What else is going out there in the in the woods? Um, there's a lot of things going on in the woods. It's been reported all sorts of things from the Owl Man. Uh, I know you have the Moth Man. Uh, we have the Owl Man down south, Cornwall. Um, I don't know. There's all sorts. There's dinosaurs being reported. Like you say, black shuck, black dogs. It's mainly Bigfoot sightings that we seem to get and uh, dogman sightings. I don't like the word dogman. I prefer wolf people, but uh, that's about it. There's, there's strange creatures being reported all the time, uh, especially paranormal. That's been reported a lot. Uh, but yeah, cryptid sad. There's all sorts, like you say, the crocodiles being reported. Uh, like I said, there's a dinosaur supposed to be roaming around. Uh, I don't know. Pick a subject and then we can talk about it. There's that many being reported in the English countryside. Uh, what's myth and what's true? You know, I don't know. What are the more current reports? though? because I know at least you and I we're online all the time. I'm sure we're reading the books, we're uh, listening to the podcast, and it seems mm-hmm. that there's a increase of these sightings we talked about that in the uk here in the united states but what are the more um i want to say latest news is there anything that's been current because at least here right now the big thing is ufos yeah there's ufos in uh i mean we got a lot in the uk uh, I, I certainly believe they're under the sea uh there's a big research and not far from me and he's written books um but yeah i've had Quite a few um, UFO stories submitted to me. Um, I've just had a dogman report from down at Cornwall, uh, Exeter, with it's like um, national, um, a bit like a park, but quite big. It's all open ground. Um, all I can say, well, um, this report, I'm just typing up actually at the moment. Uh, the other day, I still haven't finished it. But basically, this happened on the 22nd of August this year. Spanned over three nights. Um, the first night, it was warm. It's the 22nd of August. It's warm. They had the bedroom window open. They're upstairs. They're in a bungalow, but as in upstairs. And they kept hearing this howling noise. They woke them both up. The second night, they didn't hear anything. Well, they don't think they've heard anything. They didn't get woken up. Third night, woke up again. He did. He, he woke his wife up. Then it happened again, sort of like the third night, uh, the, the fourth night, sorry. And uh, she got woken, woken her husband up, so it sounded like it was almost outside the window. So he goes downstairs, they have the garage attached to the house. He goes in the garage, gets his fishing light because he's a keen fisherman, goes out, shines his torch. There it is, just walks straight past his... They have a small cottage in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's a long, drawn-out story why they have this cottage. And... Uh, they only have a small garden with a small white picket fence. Uh, and the the lane ends about another half a mile past their house. It's a dead-end lane off a main road. 
and he says it just come walking past the house from left to right. He, he just shone his light, his, his jaw dropped. He wasn't sure what the heck he was looking at. There it was, stood on two legs, claws, teeth, walked past the dogs, didn't, just looked at him, as like to say, evening. Never even sort of like made any attempt to come anywhere near him and walked past. And he says it just went up the road. He says he just absolutely babbed himself, ran in the house, locked the door, ran upstairs. That's a recent, this, this is this year. That's the only one I've had this year, to be honest, apart from the UFO report. That's, yeah, that's about it, really. I've had a few ghost reports this year, but um, nothing seems to be peaking at the moment. And it usually does this time of year. I don't know. Do you have certain times of the year over the, in the US? It seems that it's been pretty much year-round. But it's, and it's interesting, really. I, I think that it may die down a little bit in the wintertime. But I know, because there's less people out in the woods at that time, unless mm-hmm. you're, I, I reckon if you're a hunter. So I don't think that there'll be reports of any Bigfoot or Dogman now come around, like in the autumn time, spring or summer. You'll probably hear a lot more of those. But let me touch on something, because now with Dogman, the way it looks, I would throw this out there that maybe hundreds of years ago that there might have been a several dogman sightings in Europe but back then they were probably called they were called werewolves or may have been mistaken yeah. for a werewolf right yeah yeah so it may not be more under the supernatural category but more of a actual animal that just so happens to be able to not only walk on its two legs but also on four Yes, I've had reports of this. I've also had reports of um, shapeshifters. So, I mean, wh- what? where does it stop? Do we have certain categories, which I think we do on Dogman? Uh, I think we have the, the, the type that stays in that shape all the time. I think we have people that can change into them. I've seen to have had some evidence years ago. Um, I won't go into too many details. But, yeah, there seems to be all sorts of shapes and sizes and... Yeah, you could be shot like right there. It's yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of something for everybody because it depends. Well, I actually, it, you know, it might depend on how you're you're brought up in your belief system. You know, could it be a shapeshifter? Is it supernatural? If you're not really into that type of belief, well, it just might just be another animal that hasn't been categorized yet. So it, it could be left up to interpretation. You could be right there. What I have done in my studies and in all my cases, when I interview somebody, I try and find what is um, happening in their background. Uh, i.e., are they the mentally stable? Uh, have they ever had a, a bereavement or they're going through to some type of stress? Um, it seems to indicate, and I would definitely say about 80%, maybe a bit more, of the cases that I've interviewed have all gone through some type of stress when they've seen these said creatures. Now, what the connection is, I don't know. Is I ask people what the weather was like. You know, obviously I go over the time of day. I try and find every detail I can about the encounter. I try and build a pattern. I, I mean, I don't appreciate you can't see, but I have a map of Britain, and uh, I've got red pens in for dogmen, black for Bigfoots, blah, blah, blah. And I try and make work a pattern. Now, I've, there is no pattern on the sightings, uh, but I've never got other people's sightings. There might be a pattern. But the pattern that I have found, people are going through a lot of stress. I'll give you a, 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 an example. Sure. Uh, I inter- interviewed this guy called Tony years ago, and uh, I went to see him. He'd it, it, seen something. 
one night, and this is the first time I've ever heard anybody call it this, but he says, Great Dane, this dog, Great Dane, he says, upright, walk past my car. Now, what had happened? His dad had just died of cancer. And uh, he smoked, and his mother said, please, please stop smoking, blah, blah, you know, obviously. And so he, he promised his mother to stop smoking, but he couldn't stop smoking because of the stress. So he kept having a, a quiet fag on the way home, just before he got home, after work. It was a really a guy who smoked a world. Uh, so I used to go into this, um, there used to be a golf course on the way home, and they had a little car park um, away from the big main car park. So he used to pull in there. Well, I say, anyway, this particular night, he got in, just starting to get dust, just starting to get dirt. You could still see, but not. And uh, he packs up, gets his um, tobacco tin out, starts rolling a cig, and he, he sees a shadow. So he just looks up and he goes, he says, my door just dropped and he just followed it and he thought, somebody's playing a prank here. So he's looking around for kids and he thought, what the... Anyway, as he sig, and then he has a load of polo mints and aftershave and to get rid of the smell, goes home, tells his family, they all burst out laughing. <laughs> so he, he won't happy about that, but goes to work, tells his all his mates, they all burst out laughing. Anyway, it was months later, somebody uh, put him on to me, and uh, so I went to see the guy, and uh, I asked him everything, and he, he was telling me about he's lost his father and that. And it was only a few weeks after he'd lost his father, and he was so stressed. So I thought, well, anyway, after the interview, it was a fantastic interview, and he told me the description, but it was like a great dame, but it must have been about five and a half, six foot, stood up. And after I finished the interview, he come across me and grabbed me. He just hugged me, and he said, thank you. I said, what for? He says, you can't believe how much I wanted to get that out, and I can't get it out, and you've just released it. He said, thank you. He couldn't stop thanking me. And I've come across that a lot. Especially when people are going through a lot of stress and they see these things. And it's another form of release. I think we are, we're giving a, a bit of a service, to be honest. And I have come across it a lot. A lot. Like I say, there's, there's, there's other cases where people thank me. Oh, thank you for listening to me. Nobody would believe me. But yeah, it, I mean, he was going through, his, he'd lost his father. Um, another case, he was going through a divorce. And this thing chased his car. This, he saw it. There's a road and it's got a bend in it, a bit of a left-hand bend, so it's a bit of a bland bend, and it's coming from Hull at the time to a village called Leven, and it's a country road. And it comes around this certain bend in the left, and it, his, his headlights catch these eyes real low down. And he thinks, oh, there's a fox. There's a fox in the middle of the road, so he slows down. Anyway, the eyes come up a bit higher, then a bit higher, then a bit higher, and he thought, what the? Then he gets a glimpse of this thing because it steps out into the road. And he says, there it was. And he swerved because it stepped up that much. He had to swerve. And he had his, um, his, his, his well, his ex-wife now, but he had his wife in there and his, his newborn son. So he was panicking. And next minute, he looks he looks in his mirror and it's gone. And next minute, it's at the side of his car, running parallel with his car. And now this guy, uh, I would say he was five foot seven, five foot eight. And you had, I mean, you do the maths. He had a Renault Laguna, and he says its eyes was level with his running, and it just looked at him as it was running along. And he says, I felt like it re reached into my soul and grabbed it. So he started to speed up. He didn't want to speed up because he had his son and his wife. 
but it's trying to speed up, speed up, and it got to about 50 miles an hour, and it's, it just stopped and backed off. But he looked in his mirror, and he says you could see it just looking at him. Anyway, when he got to this village, this Leven, where he lives in Leven, like I say, luckily he packed his car right up to his, his door. But he says, I was bricking it, just trying to get me away from my newborn son into the house. And and again, they was going through a divorce. I could do your other cases, but they've all gone through stress and they've all seen this said creature. So why? I've, I've got another one here as well. Um, he's an autistic kid. Um, and these things, there was out with his family. It was late-ish on, it was dark. They're doing, they've gone out camping, wild camping. And again, these things cottoned on to him. They kept hearing noises. They get up in the night, shine the torch, and there's two of them. And they tried to segregate all of them, but they tried to him for the autistic kid. You could see it, they said. They was trying to get him to come away. Why? Why do they pick on people like this? What is it? And if anybody's got the answer, let me know. But it always seems like somebody's got some type of either mental issue or they're going through a divorce or a death. Seems to trigger a reaction. I, I think there has to be some sort of connection there, whether it's supernatural, whether it's something that our energies maybe taps into the dog man. Yeah, it could maybe, be yeah. you know negative energy, you know any kind of energy like that. So I know that there's a lot of reporting on these things, but they're normally not reported in the in the big cities, right? Is there anything in the big cities? Yeah, it's been some, yeah, uh, especially down the canal systems, you know, like in York, uh, Manchester, you know, places like they have all the canals. Um, it seems to follow the canals. Uh, I've had a few reports, people seeing uh, these things, whatever they are. They're not sure what they're, they're seeing. They all seem to follow other canals, like as they are power lines. Um, we've got um, a big case, which I don't like the name. Um, they call it the old stinker in Hull. And there's um, what they call Bamson drain running from the river Hull, from the main sea, splits into thousands of different little rivers across the UK, down the UK, down the East Coast. And they have a lot, they've had a lot of sightings. I've actually interviewed two people seen this thing uh they call it the old stinker but the old stinker actually originated from uh, flixton near scarborough uh i think it was the 1500s and they used to call it the old stinker because they knew what this creature was about because they could smell sulfur real pewter sulfur awful so that's why they called it nicknamed it uh, the old stinker and now the hull's te- taken on this name um i know it's been going on for years in hull um, I did quite a few, well, I did almost a year going into Hull late on my night, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock, going down the bank side there where the, the canal is and that. I've uh, never seen anything, never heard anything, but I've, I've interviewed people that has. Now, I can give you one example. Two young ladies uh, been to a nightclub and they was going home and again, this had just gone one o'clock and uh, they was passing the canal. There was a street light. And uh, one of them says, whoa, whoa, who's that stood over there, the street light? Oh, I don't know, he's big though. And they got a bit closer and they're oh my, and they scaled out of that quickly. It didn't follow him, it just stood there. It just stood next to the street light, stood up. Like anybody else would just whistling away, maybe, I don't know. But it just stood there, they said. Didn't make any reactions to him or anything. But it's definitely alive, it wasn't a, a mannequin or somebody in a, they said they wasn't somebody in a suit. But, 
I don't know. No, I'm sorry. If you get past the smell, I mean, I would just well, run just for that. Them, but they can't remember. Uh, they was intoxicated, so you don't. You don't. Oh know. yeah, is that kind of party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they swear they saw it. Well, this one girl says she swears I saw something that I can't explain. So yeah, so, I don't know. It's it's something all over the UK, and it mainly is Bigfoot and Dogman that are seen. Well, there's enough of that action to go by anyway, so to keep you busy. And so when you re- <laughs> when you receive this report, and I know a lot of the folks that contact you, they want to remain anonymous, and I can yes, understand why. How do they reach you? Do they just reach you directly through email, or are you getting referrals from other researchers? I get referrals from other people. Um, a lot of people seem to go a lot of places now. I've been doing it so many years, and people oh. This is, a, I don't know why this is, uh, I've never lived there, but people say, oh, you want to speak to Cole from from Hornsey? Uh, Hornsey's a little village. I've never lived in Hornsey. Why they keep connecting me up to Hornsey, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm out there. I, I post um, flyers, uh, put adverts in papers. Uh, obviously, I'm on Facebook. I'm on all the social media sites, how to contact me. Um, yeah, and sometimes it goes from word to mouth, um, and sometimes you're in the right place at the right time. I went to look for some tracks one time. This is a, this guy's gentleman's dead now, unfortunately. And I did want to totally interview him and get on tape. Uh, I went to look for some tracks. I just had a report from a place um, called Cars. It's an old railway track. It's, it's been abandoned for years. And his car driver on the main road was coming to work one morning and he says something huge ran from in his car, ran, ran across the road in front of his car. Luckily, he told the guy at work, he says, I think I know somebody who might be interested. And this is how I got the story. So it, it happened two days prior. So I went there just before it got dark and I'm looking for these prints and I see this guy walking up with a dog. So he goes, uh, what are you looking for? So I said, oh, prints. What type of prints? So I didn't know what to tell him really. I said, oh, big cat prints. Oh, I've seen it round here. I said, well, somebody else. Then after a bit of talking to him, I said, well, I'm actually looking for dogman prints. He goes, what's a dogman? I told him. He went really quiet and he goes, this guy's in his 80s. He goes, oh, my God. He says, uh, are these things real? I says, well, I think they are. He says, I've got a story for you. And he told me he used to live in this village down in Cornwall. And when it was 22, it was uh, it was in the August time and just done the harvest and they was having a big festival. He lived miles away. He asked his dad if he could borrow his car and he picked his mate up and we were going to this festival and all they wanted was beer and girls. And that's all you want in it, really, in your 20s. And they was driving these, down this country lane and they come to this bend and there was this thing, he says, stood in the middle of the road. I hit my bricks. It says it was just stood there. It was, it was like a giant wolf. Stood on two legs. Me and my mate was just looking at each other. He looked at us, then he says he cleared the road onto this hedge and he jumped over this hedge into this field and he says, my mate got out and I'm shouting him, get back in the car. And he says he looked up on the edge and he could see it running on two legs across the field Then it went on all fours and gone. And he says, I've kept that to myself. We both kept that to myself. We went into this fair, he says. We never spoke to anybody. We just hit the beer tent. We never even looked for girls. We didn't even bother. We went home and we made a, 
a, you know, a pledge never to tell anybody in my life. And he said, you're the first, but I didn't even tell my wife, he said. So I got his details. Anyway, a few weeks later, I'd found out he'd been really ill and he passed away, which is unfortunate, but anyway. So yeah, sometimes it's by chance, sometimes it's by people that's, you know, you, you know the score yourself, really. I was to contact people and get in touch. No, it's it's interesting because when people at where I work, because I keep my, I'm going to call my side projects to myself. I don't tell yeah. many people at work what I do because then it's going to be, you know, I mean, they can laugh at me. I don't care. You know, I'm a, I'm a grown man. You'll be surprised that once they found out that I do a podcast covering all these subjects, mm. all the low key confessions you'll get. When they pull you inside of the hallway, hey, you know, when I was a kid, I saw a ghost. So, yeah, you know, I saw, you know, that those kind of things do tend to happen. And then you start getting all these stories and um, they're amazing stories. You know, sometimes I feel really bad for them because they mm-hmm. look like they're nervous telling yeah. you. And sometimes it's just something they just have to get out because nobody will believe them. That's right. Yeah. No, it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, after everybody, everybody knows. And I'll give you an example. I didn't know I was this bad, to be honest, but I, I just bumped into a guy I used to work with a different firm uh, 20 years ago. And this was about three, four months ago. And I was, I was parked in a lay-by. I, I drive a truck now. I was parked in a lay-by having my brake. And I see this guy, this car go by next to his brake lights come on, and he'd reverse back into the lay-by. And I thought, hey, up. I'll say this guy won't like. And he gets out and he's looking, Cole, blow my neck, Paul. And then we, I didn't see this guy for 20 years, like, and uh, we, we got chatting, how, how you are, blah, 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 how you, as, you, as you do. Anyway, he says, look, I better go. And I says, look, keep in touch. And I give him one of my cards. I always carry cards around with me. I've got them in my wallet. I've got them everywhere. I've got them in my car, leaving at work. And if I, I meet anybody, I just, this is how you contact me. So I give him one of my cards and he goes, blooming heck, are you still into this? This is all you used to talk about, you know. I said, no, I didn't. I said, he says, you did. We couldn't shut you up half the time. And I thought, no, have I been really that bad? But, yeah, it's surprising. It? How many people you tell and over the years and they get to know and that gets to another person, that gets to another person. But everybody at work knows. My boss doesn't believe in it, but he gives me... If I've got a project on and I need, I'll say, like, oh, I need to leave early Friday, any possible, what are you doing, blah, blah, and I'll tell him, yeah, go on then. He'll, he'll sub- try and support me, but he keeps telling me, I don't believe in it. Don't believe in it. So. Well, that's the way it is. But he does hand my details out. He's handed it out to a quite a few customers that have come in and he's got talking to them and, oh, we live in the countryside. And he says, oh, we've got a guy. And he gives them one of my cards. So that's quite good. But, yeah, if anybody wants to contact me, I'm sure, you know, Colin Kilty will find me out there. Um, I can give you some details over here. Oh, Diego can put up on your website when you when you do this podcast, whatever you want to do. Of course. And before we go, I know that you you do a, you're a man of many talents, not only you're a cryptozoologist, <laughs> but you also have other things that you do as well. So, what other side projects are you doing? Uh, yeah, I do. I do podcasts. Like I say, I've I've took a lot of stuff off there. Um, I am trying to. I'm getting. I'm trying to do my stories onto into videos and um, i'm just starting to do it i'm just going down to a, a place oh, i was hoping to get down last weekend but it's just chucking it down with rain we've had torrential rain here for the last three weeks uh, i was trying to get down to a certain location um 
I'll cut a long story short, but I've had several. This location, just outside of Hull, there's about three, four houses and maybe two farms. Um, the reports from this area, and I've, I've been up there on a night several times, and I, I've heard nothing, but I've had three different poachers come forward, one with a fantastic story. Uh, a woman driving a car, she'd been, uh, she was using it as a cut through from uh, uh, a town called Beverly, and she lived in a place called Scala, and it, it does branch off, and she was using it as a quick cut through one night. And there's just driving home. She just picked her son up from a dentist because she had to go to the dentist. She usually gets the school bus home. And it's her son said, stop. And there's something at the side of the road. They couldn't make out what it was, but it says it, it wasn't a deer. And it just disappeared into the blackness and gone. And that shook her up. Uh, I got that through another friend. She mentioned it too. Like I say, there's a, a, I've got a fantastic story from I'm going to do from Mid of the mid eighties, uh, this poacher. Uh, I've been poaching for several years down in that, in that area. It did really well for pheasants, rabbits, and the local butch, butcher used to buy him off him. This is how he made his money. Uh, one week, uh, he was out, and he says it was about one o'clock, and he just did this almighty scream. Never saw anything. Scream! I thought, what? The? He's never heard anything like it. So anyway, he thinks, oh, I'm going home. He gets home. Anyway, the following week, he does the next Saturday. She says it's about half past one. And uh, he's just walking down this field and he sees this figure and he thinks, oh my goodness, it's the farmer. So he runs to this edge and he knows this edge has got a deep dike and it's dry, there's no water in it. He gets into this dike and he sees this thing coming up. You could just see it in the moonlight just coming up the edge. And he thinks, oh, my, oh I hope he doesn't see me. I hope he doesn't see me. Anyway, this thing gets to this where he is and there's a huge tree and he says it just grabs this tree and it flings this tree back and forth, back and forth. It starts screaming, the scream that he's heard. The screaming. The next minute he just walked off. He was petrified. Now he says this tree was like that. A human couldn't sway it like that. He says, I don't heck it was, he says, but I got out of there. He says, I've never been in that area since. But yeah, I've had several Poaches in that area say similar things. Uh, so that's one of them I'm going to do. Um, that's one of my first ones I'm going to try and document and get a video out there of it. But yeah, uh, yeah, things are progressing on slowly. I used to do a lot of stuff, but I've put that to one side now. And but yeah, I'm always open for stories. Uh, any stories? Any any from the UK? If anybody's listening for even from the US, some of your stories are there. Absolutely amazing. And absolutely, and you know, you have so much information to share, so much content to share with the world. When we get off the show in the post interview, I'm going to try to convince you to write this book because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, brother, it, it has to I happen. I tell you, so, Diego, what's up there, what I can do there is absolutely terrible. I'm terrible at writing and putting sentences together. I think that's yeah. what's stopping me. That's but I know look. there's um, somebody says use Grammarly, which I started to use Grammarly now on uh, Facebook. And that so I might start to do it. Like, so. all right, well I'm gonna buy that first copy, and so <laughs> you, don't, you won't buy it. I'll send you it for free. <laughs> oh, that perfect, Thank you So much for that. <laughs> now, before we go, and I know you touched on it a little while ago, for the listeners of Let's Find Out, where can they find out more about your work, and if they want to share a story with you, I know you um, talked about the social media. So how I can I get website? Get, 
Um, I haven't updated it for a long while to make it really does need updating. Um, I'm terrible at that. But yeah, all right. If you go to colinkielty.com, uh, I'm on there. Um, that tells you basically about a bit of my life and how I started when I was 14 years old, how I got into all this, and I've had encounters ever since. Facebook, Colin Kielty, you can contact me on there, or you can contact me at uh, encounters at mail.com. There's another way to contact me, or contact Dave or any researcher in the UK, and they'll say, I know, Col, we'll pass it straight on. Sure, they contact me, I'll send them your way, my friend, no problem okay. at all. Sure, you know, it has been a pleasure getting to know you, and thank you for reaching out and uh, staying in contact with me all these weeks. And I look forward to having you back sometime next year because I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot more stories to share. Oh, yes, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be an honor. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. This has been an excellent episode of Let's Find Out with co host Diego. Please check us out on all our social media pages as well as our YouTube channel. And we're also on Rumble. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.